0: Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. You may know that restaurant work is tough. Hours are long and the work is demanding. Balancing long hours and family life is difficult. Our partners from Sauce Magazine have introduced us to two chefs who have found a way to restore personal and professional balance to their lives. They're freelancing. I sat down Monday with Sauce Magazine's managing editor, Katherine Claney and Alex Fike, a pastry chef who has baked for several fine restaurants and is now the owner of Prioritized Pastries. Josh Charles left his job as executive chef at Blood and Sand to go out on his own. He is now a private chef and a consultant. I wanted to find out more about why Alex and Josh changed directions, but began with Catherine noting that St. Louis's restaurant reputation is being burnished with another round of coveted James Beard Award nominations.
1: The uh, James Beard Foundation released its annual list of semifinalists for its awards. The James Beard Awards, as I think most listeners know, is the Oscars of the Food Awards, essentially. They're national recognition from a panel of experts all over the country. And this year we had six nominees. Um... Visia uh, was nominated for Best New Restaurant. Out of all new restaurants in the country, they were in, in the top 20 or so. Um, and then Tony's was nominated for Outstanding Service. And then we have four chefs that were uh, nominated for Best Chef Midwest. So that's roughly five or six states in the, in, in the Midwest category. And those include Prevado, chef owner Mike Randolph, Elia, chef uh, Ben Gruppi, uh, Ashley Shelton, who is executive chef at Sardella, and then uh, Lona Luau, who is chef owner at um, Lona's Little Eats in uh, South City, Fox Park area.
0: I'm sure we'll have an opportunity to talk more about, uh, about this in the coming weeks uh, and months ahead. But, uh, yeah, great news. Alex and Josh, I'm sure that you're very proud to be in this field, which, uh, which is distinguishing itself uh, year after year.
2: Uh, I am. I've been a lifelong St. Louis resident, and it's been really incredible to watch the city and the culinary scene grow up at pretty much the same time I have.
0: Beard like, Awards, Joshua, are, are, are pretty significant.
3: They are. There's a lot that goes into it, and um, I really think that the Beard Awards are the best for like a non-biased and just really honoring the people who are taking care of the ingredients mm-hmm. like they should be whenever they're cooking.
0: Let's let's move on to your stories, and I'll Josh. I'll start with you. With regard to you've had kind of a change, I guess, in your culinary life. Uh, We are talking about balancing home life and professional life. Give me a little bit of your background. What were you doing before you decided to make this change? The last ten years or so,
3: I've been cooking in fine dining kitchens, mostly in St. Louis, a couple in San Francisco, Uh, and that was fine and dandy while. My now wife, we were um, kind of growing up, she was going to college, I was working in the restaurants, but uh, we recently had a baby 11 months ago, and that day that that happened, it was kind of like a switch was flipped, and I knew immediately that the typical restaurant hours just were something that I could not do anymore. Um, I had been used to working Tuesday through Sunday, um, 10 a.m. to 11 p.m. at minimum, And I just knew that being locked into that restaurant wasn't going to be uh, cohesive for the hours um, that I needed to be there for my family. So I kind of took the last – it's almost been a year now where I've been uh, figuring out what I can do to make money while still keeping my schedule flexible. Uh, and spending the time that I should be with my family.
0: We'll get specific about what you're doing now in a moment, but let me turn to Alex and ask the same question. What what, what was happening in your life that caused you to make the change?
2: Um, Well, I am the one that got pregnant. (laughs) So um, at the time I found out I was pregnant, I was also in a fine dining kitchen working um, anywhere from 50-plus hours a week in a very small, tight-knit kitchen. Um, I mean really, aside from just the demands on the body of both of those things, it just wasn't going to be practical for me to stay there. Very small kitchen. I don't know what you guys know about pregnancy, but you don't get smaller. So (laughs) at some point, it was just going to get hard to maneuver around. Um, I decided then to make a change and go back more towards my roots. Um, I started baking for local coffee houses again, and really getting more in touch with um, baking home style baking, just kind of the the fundamentals that my grandma taught me, and found that I really enjoyed that um after I had the baby, I gave another whack at fine dining, and again, the hours, the demands were just too much for me, and I mean it just like you said once that baby's born, a switch is flipped, you know everything that you thought was so important up to that point just pales in comparison so
0: Catherine, do you see this happening a lot where people are, are making adjustments to accommodate their lifestyle? I
1: think I think definitely especially – I mean every job you try to find a work-life balance. It doesn't matter if you work a nine-to-five, if you're in the medical profession, if you're in the restaurant industry. But in the service industry in particular, mm-hmm. they're – Peak work hours are when you're not working. They're working, you know, dinner rush and weekends and late nights. And and that's not really conducive to, as they were saying, especially newborn kids, that's not really conducive. Um, And I see a lot of – especially in St. Louis, I think a lot of chefs and restaurant owners have young kids. And it's really interesting to watch how everybody – tries to make that work. I've seen people, you know, bring their kids into the restaurants with them. And it's really fun to see them just kind of hanging out at the bar or hanging out with the chef in the kitchen. Um, I know, Alex, you, the Libertine, Where right afterward, you were like mm-hmm. going in after the kitchen closed at night, right?
2: Yeah. So to accommodate, and I actually have a very similar schedule with what I'm doing now, but to accommodate everything, I was doing all of my prep work and baking overnights there. So and then leaving
1: I, at like 9 in the morning.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, my husband works a 9-to-5 job, so I would try to get out of there in enough time to make it home. Of course, it didn't always happen that way. So as you mentioned, there were more than a couple of times that we wound up with a pack-and-play next to the Hobart. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so she's she is going to be a kitchen baby. <laughs> she's getting it honest.
0: What are you doing now specifically that that is so different from the, the other?
2: Um, well, really, aside from doing it all for myself and kind of making my own rules, it's not terribly different from what I had been doing. Um, I mentioned before getting back to my roots, and I found that that's what I really, really enjoyed. So I just kind of took that and expanded upon it and um, realized through doing pop-ups and farmer's markets that there's really a market for specialty baking that not a lot of people are capitalizing on. Um, Vegan and gluten-free baking specifically, baking for just a wide range of allergens something else that I became aware of after being a mom is that there are lots of kids that are just going without or classrooms you know it used to be a big thing when I was a kid to bring cupcakes or something like sure. that and for my birthday kids can't do that anymore because yeah. of so many allergies yeah. so um,
1: I think the thing that struck me about what you're doing now that's mm-hmm. different than I think most people who maybe step out of, of traditional restaurant life is I would assume that you would open your own brick and mortar, like your own bakery and your own storefront. And you didn't do that. You kind of went the the pop-up route and you, mm-hmm. you did the farmer's markets, like you said, and you really focused on specialty orders and custom orders. And you do bake in a professional kitchen, but it's Pio Mai's kitchen. It's not your space. So it's, it's a different model. I think a lot of people would expect you to open a bakery of your own. And I I think it's interesting that you chose to go that direction instead of.
2: Um, Well, at the root of all of this, it's been about prioritizing my family Mm -hmm. and my kid. And I've been a part of opening restaurants. I've seen other people do it. And that's (laughs) just the exact opposite of what I was going for. It's a bit of a time suck. (laughs) Yeah. um, It's a huge monetary investment. It's a great risk. Um, None of those were things Mm -hmm. that I was interested in with, you know, a one-year-old at home. So I decided to make it work my own way, and this is how it works.
0: Josh, what's your life like now? What precisely are you doing?
3: (laughs) Oh, do you have an hour. (laughs) So um, I'm essentially a freelance chef. I work with a lot of families across the St. Louis and Illinois side um, to where I private chef for them, Uh, kind of putting a new spin on that. It used to be whenever you became a private chef, that you just worked for one family all the time, put dinner on the table for them. But I've kind of broken it up into smaller segments and chunks. So I come in, I grocery shop, I cook, I plan all their meals, and I uh, cook it in their house for, takes me about three hours a week per family. And I have six families that I do that with right now, Monday through Wednesday. Uh, Thursdays and Fridays, I do recipe development for Metabolic Meals, which is a local meal prep company. Um, basically, I'm creating healthy meals that are going to be packaged and shipped all across the country. Um, they do a lot of volume. They service a lot of people. And then uh, on the weekends, I tend to be doing private dinners, in-home events, uh, cooking classes, catering, stuff like that, um, kind of just whatever gig's popping
0: up, I'll go for it. I I can't get too personal here, but I have to ask, you have a family to support. Yes. Can you support it in a similar kind of fashion as you would have been able to do before, before you made this change?
3: Yes. Um, So going back to kind of the opening up of a restaurant, uh, this model that both Alex and I are in uh, is conducive to um, the financials because we're not paying people to be there yeah. all day. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have the <laughs> overhead that a traditional restaurant would have. And I think that going forward, uh, especially for us younger entrepreneurs who don't have the capital to sink a uh, quarter of a million dollars into to open up a restaurant, mm-hmm. uh, this is a really great way to start out. Um, bending the rules, figuring out how to make money uh, in a small scale, very controlled and uh, with just yourself. And then from there, if the business model is correct, uh, you're going to have to scale because you're going to have so much business. So I'm currently in that situation where every week I have a new family that says, hey, can you cook for me? But I would only have enough time in the day to cook for two families a day. So I'm currently looking to get a commercial kitchen space so that I can take on more clients, maybe hire a dishwasher, um, and start bringing in the food from kind of larger vendors to cut down on a little bit of cost as well. And from there, it's going to be uh, just scaling up and getting more employees um, and servicing more families, which is ultimately what I want to do is help out these modern families who are busy, who uh, don't necessarily have the time to cook at home, but still want healthy, uh, delicious meals prepared for them. Like Alex said, uh, there's a lot of dietary restrictions out there. Uh, almost every single one of my families has something gluten-free, no dairy. Uh, a lot of them are plant-based. And it's just not really easy to get that kind of food around town without having to drive to specific points. Um, so the, I guess, luxury of having this prepared in your home or whenever I get my commercial kitchen delivered to your home is, uh, is huge and honestly life-changing for a lot of these families. They really appreciate it.
0: Your basic growth, then, is based on need, not on speculation. I mean, it's not a crapshoot for you, in other words.
3: Exactly. I don't like to leave things a chance, especially whenever it comes to money. Um, My wife is a financial analyst, Mm -hmm. so uh, (laughs) (laughs) it's uh, it's not exactly easy to prove to her that uh, a, a business will be successful through projections. So um, our kind of agreement is that I will prove it. I will show that I have the business and then we'll scale accordingly. So
1: it was interesting before before we uh, came on the show, we were all sitting in the green room talking and even just something as simple as ingredients and how you get them to, for, to plan for your business is so different this way. Like you guys know in advance exactly how many dishes you'll be preparing and exactly what the portions are, whereas in a traditional restaurant, you sort of, based on your projections for what your weekends usually have been like, you'll go from there. And it's it it's a different way of doing things. Sometimes it has its own uh, disadvantages at times, as we were discussing, but it also... You're not wasting money or mm. wasting product. Yeah. You know exactly how much you need.
0: Alex, what about marketing? Yeah. I mean, you've got to get the word out, obviously, to uh, to build up a clientele.
2: Yeah, um, that's actually been one of my greatest struggles. I think I naively thought going into this that, Mm-mm. you know, I would just start baking and everything would fall into place. <laughs> but, um, right. yeah, marketing is a very real thing. I found the need for social media mm-hmm. to be ever and more present in my life. Um, which I kind of have a love hate relationship with. I'm not. It was great when I was just posting pictures of my kid all the time, but mm-hmm. now it's you know part of work. It's something that you have to do.
0: Well, well thank God for it. I mean, if you didn't Absolutely. have that, it would be really difficult and expensive.
2: Yeah, very, very much so. Yeah, um, yeah I actually looked into a consultant just for my social media purposes mm. who wanted to charge like three hundred dollars an hour for mm. it. And, you know, for a small business, as you're saying. Yeah, like <laughs> Josh's eyes every, just got huge. <laughs> yeah, I, mine did as well. <laughs> every penny counts. Um, and we're constantly looking for ways to, you know, minimize the cost and maximize the value. And that's um, social media has really been helpful in doing that. Social
1: media is actually what got my attention. I We mm-hmm. uh, did a piece on Josh in this February mm-hmm. issue. And that's initially what got my attention to talk to him was he's, always on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and posting <laughs> recipes and asking people what they think about this. And I was oh, just yeah, what, what are you, inspiration. Right, like, <laughs> what, what are you doing right now that, that you are pushing yourself so hard on this, on this platform? And so when I got a chance to chat with him, I was like, oh, you're doing like four different things. That's why you're, you're all over the place. But it, it was interesting because in our conversation um, before the piece came out, you were saying that this wouldn't have worked 10 years ago. Yeah. It just you would not be able to do this 10 years ago because of the way that social media has had such an impact on it.
3: Yeah, correct. I mean, it's like we said, marketing is traditionally expensive. Um, and that's why I'm on social media all day every day, <laughs> it seems like, because it's free, um, relatively. So I just have to invest the time, the resources, the money to take the photos, plate the dishes. Um, and it's my own platform. That's the great thing about social media is that we all get our own platform to tell our story, so um, and that's what everyone loves is a story. They want to know the story. They want to know why I do what I do, so I just made it my mission this year, uh, within the last year, I guess, to really start telling that story bit by bit and letting people know what I'm up to, why I do it, and where I'm going, and I think it's um, in this last year, it's really been influential to uh, gaining more business.
0: Has it worked out as well as you had hoped during this first year or so? Uh, or, or maybe not so well. <laughs>
3: it uh, There's definitely been some trying times. Um, I think a lot of that's just because, you know, whenever you have a newborn in the house, you get about two hours of sleep. <laughs> um, so everything's amplified. Um, you know, actually, I got a really easy go of it, I think. Um, luckily, I have the skills, too. So, like, I can pick up a morning job prepping if I need to. And that's what I did in the beginning um, before I kind of went full out on my own. Um, And luckily, I guess, through the network of chefs in this town um, and just knowing people from the different restaurants, it's been relatively easy to um, get my base uh, clients and work into it.
0: Alex, easier or harder than you thought?
2: Um, I guess both would be the (laughs) correct answer. Um, Much harder in that um, I don't think I – I didn't give as much thought into all of the inner workings that go into it. You know, being an entrepreneur or starting mm-hmm. your own business, you're really on the clock 24-7. Mm-hmm. And um, I started this idea as a way to get myself kind of away from that so I could spend more time with the family. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, I'll be returning emails or making order lists or something mm-hmm. while my daughter's like playing at my feet and wondering, you know, why I'm – not playing dragon with her or something like that. Um, so in in that I find that it's much harder. Also the lack of sleep. Wow, that's real. That is a reality. Um.
1: <laughs> that's something any new parent can relate to. Oh I yeah. Think.
2: And then when you add on. Um, trying to work and put mm-hmm. on a full workload on top of that because I'm still essentially a stay-at-home mom by day. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband still works full-time. We don't have any additional child care, so it's just no. me and her by day.
0: Catherine, you and I have talked about this in the past, that this whole business, this whole food service business, is really a tough, a tough business to be in because of just the things mm-hmm. we've been talking about, the time that's involved and mm-hmm. the understanding of – of all aspects of it, uh, it, it it ain't easy.
1: It's definitely not easy, and um, I, I'm sure you two probably have better perspectives on this than I do, just from being in kitchens more. But from what I've witnessed as a as a journalist and as as a diner, I feel like there's I I don't know that there's necessarily an instant fix that's just going to make this all so much more easier. Um, but I, I do think it's I, I see people that. There's been this sort of brash, tough guy attitude of if you can't hack it in a kitchen and you can't hack the long hours, then get out. I think that I see some of that changing, especially as the owners and the chefs themselves start to have young families. Um, like I was saying, there's there's chefs that I see bringing their their kids into the restaurant a lot. Um, I'm thinking in particular, I know Gerard Kraft's daughters are in his restaurants mm-hmm. all the time. Um, Corey and Karen King, who own Side Project Brewing, bring their kid in frequently. Um, and it's sort of the perks of owning the business is you can do that. Um, but I think people are are trying to be more understanding of that because if you have talented people, you want to be able to keep them on and, and really work with them and help develop them and develop your place.
0: As our time begins to wind down, Alex, I'll ask you, what do you see as as the growth potential for your business at this moment?
2: Um, well, I think uh, my, my five-year goal is pretty much aligned with my daughter going to school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think that'll free up a lot of time and maybe just enough time to devote to that brick and mortar. I'm not saying it's not something I'm not interested in. It's just not for right now. So mm-hmm. I think as um, I work on growing the business, growing my clientele base, that'll always be kind of the carrot dangling at the end of the stick for me.
0: Josh, how about your potential growth?
3: I'm excited because when once I get this commercial kitchen, it's not going to be the traditional uh, catering, just one set thing for my kitchen. Uh, I plan on doing everything that I can to maximize the uh, time and space and revenue inside of that commercial kitchen. So cooking classes, pop-ups, um, catering, meal prep, all that stuff will be kind of rolled into one. Um, it might be a little bit tricky to tell that story all the time because there's so much <laughs> going on but at the end of the day i'm here to service the um in consumer i'm trying to make everyone else's life easier by providing them with uh, excellent tasty food
0: it sounds to me like when this business gets in your blood it's very hard to to back away from it. Oh. oh yeah
2: <laughs> i <laughs>
3: i don't think i can go work for someone else right now no um, I, it's just i'm at the point where it's i have my mission um you know it's ten years in fine dining you your mission is to complete uh the owner's mission so uh yeah. once you make that switch over to your own entrepreneur self driven um I just it's it sounds selfish but it's for me now um right. but that ultimately helps the end consumer um, and there's a market for it so the bottom Absolutely. line is, and
0: I'll ask you first and then, Alex, uh, has your mission been fulfilled? Are you are you doing now what you hoped uh, would come of this change, spending more time with your family, having the ability to do that?
3: Yeah, correct. Um, I probably work just as much. But the thing is, is that I'm not glued to anyone's schedule. Uh, It used to be Tuesday through Saturday or Tuesday through Sunday, just there. No ifs, ands, or buts. It doesn't matter if I have a funeral. It doesn't matter if there's a birthday. I don't make it. Now I can change my schedule around um, pretty much as much as I want. I can say no to a catering on a Saturday, or I can say yes. Um, But same thing, just... Throughout the week, evenings, I'm usually dedicating that time to being home with the family, uh, and then whenever I have time, I'm working as hard as I can to get as much as I can done. No regrets. No regrets. Alex?
2: I have to agree with your sentiments exactly. I mean, it's fantastic being able to say no to somebody for a change. Um, I mean, of course, you always have to watch out for the bottom line, but at the end of the day, my bottom line really revolves around my daughter, and I get to spend all my time with her. So um, yeah, I'm still creatively fulfilled. And I still get to play with all of my fun ingredients and make delicious treats. And I get to wake her up in the morning and put her to bed at night. I mean, it's hard work. I'm tired all the time, but I can't imagine a better life for myself. So...
0: We'll we'll put contact information, by the way, on our website so folks can uh, understand how they can easily and quickly reach you guys if uh, they need your services. Catherine, do you want to put a, a cap, a bottom line to all of this?
1: I really respect what these guys have done. It's not easy to find a career that makes you creatively fulfilled, makes money, mm-hmm. and also fulfills your personal goals. And, you know, it's it's – you may be answering emails in the middle of the day, but your kid is still right there. And I think that's mm-hmm. that's a nice sentiment to, to be able to do that. So I'm just really impressed with these guys. And, and I think it's fun to see that chefs can do things not just in a traditional restaurant setting. You can you can try new things and new business models. And I really think that's, especially with social media, I really think that's the way a lot of chefs are going to go, regardless of whether or not they have families. It just may be the best option for them as an entrepreneur.
0: Thanks to Catherine Claney of Sauce Magazine, Alex Fike of Prioritized Pastries, and to Chef Joss Charles.